Welcome to the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy and a nutritional therapy and MAP method practitioner specializing in allergies and sensitivities, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, sleep issues, infertility, and other chronic health conditions. Join me for episode 44, where we talk with my client, Derek Johnson about MAP sessions for recurring fears, stomach pain, allergies and food sensitivities, and high blood pressure. Hear about his experience with the advanced neural retraining method called the MAP method and how it compares to hypnotherapy. Learn about the emotional, mental, and physical improvements he noted after six sessions and hear how an early life trauma can set the stage for a compounding belief structure that leads to chronic illness. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. As MAP method practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease, and we recommend working with a qualified practitioner. Now, let's speak with Derek. Welcome, Derek. I'm so excited to have you on my show. Uh, We met at the end of last year, and I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell us how you found me and decided to try this new thing called the MAP method. So maybe you can give us a little background on yourself. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Madeline. Um, My name is Derek Johnson, and I I found the... uh, Map method kind of by accident. Oh, I'm sorry. A little bit about myself. Okay, so currently I um, I'm I'm working in IT now, but I do also um, practice a kind of hypnotherapy off and on on the side, and uh, I have for a while now. Um, but personally, I've had some health challenges for for a while, and some emotional issues also, and that's really what what drove me to um, to look into the uh, map method. I like to read. I read a lot, and I I had been reading a book on uh, the law of attraction, and it turned out that that book was written by Colette Stryker. Stryker, and so. You know, the, the book went, left me with some questions and uh, I did a little bit of uh, research on her online and that's how I stumbled upon the, the, map, the MAP website. So once I watched a couple of the videos on the MAP website, I got really excited for a couple of reasons, okay? And um, which probably uh, we, we'll talk more about uh, later, but um i actually signed up for the uh map coaching you know monthly program i lasted in it about a month before i realized that i didn't have any time to actually do anything on the website just because my 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 work schedule is kind of busy so 
I ended up canceling after a month, but I still wanted to explore what MAP was really about. And I wanted to have a session. And so I found you on the practitioners page. I chose you out of the other practitioners because I've suffered from a, a number of like food sensitivities and allergies for years. And my primary, uh, my primary problem was, was, was actually uh, fear, you know, fear of illness. And so I thought, okay, probably you've run across something like this before in your work. And so I, I, chose, uh, I chose you. Um, yeah, so um, tell me what you learned about this. So you knew more about the MAP method than most people who end up on my doorstep. So <laughs> maybe you can just talk about what you learned about this method that intrigued you and how you would describe it to someone who has never heard about it before. Honestly speaking, I think if if I hadn't if I hadn't had some some type of uh, personal experience along those lines, then then maybe I wouldn't have been as open minded or uh, as excited about about having this type of session as as someone else who who had no idea about it, but. Because I, I think most people don't, don't really have a concept of, you know, the superconscious and probably don't realize uh, how much of a role the subconscious mind actually plays in their, their day-to-day lives. And so, um, and so I think that if they were just approaching this for the first time, a lot of what they run into might sound uh, unbelievable. And they might not realize, like, how, how practical it actually is and how how effective or efficient it is, you know, to be able to work, work with those levels of, of mind. So, um, like I said, personally, I, I practice a type of uh, hypnotherapy on the side and in that, I mean, I'm not actually a therapist, but it's still called, uh, you know, it's called quantum healing hypnosis technique, but it's, it's a type of, it's still a type of therapy because, in a sense, what we're doing is we're getting, we're using hypnosis as a tool to get clients in touch with uh, parts of their mind that have access to more information. Okay. And so, and occasionally those parts of mind have a lot more information. And so, and that, you know, we could call it like a, a higher mind. Uh, as compared to like the subconscious, which deals more with like body functions and, you know, some other things like this, this level of mind seems to actually have, have a broader perspective and uh, access to a lot more information about, about the person. And so when, when I do a session in hypnosis, I pretty much just, you know, hypnotize the person and turn over control of the session to that higher aspect of mind, which understands the client far better than I ever could and knows what the client actually needs to hear and understand. Mm -hmm. But um, that QHHT was my primary training in hypnosis. And so while I had a lot of success with it, what I found was I didn't actually have the skills for working with, you know, the higher mind and directing it and getting it to do more. And so uh, I decided to, you know, continue my my training, which is why I only do it off and on part-time now. And I continue to study 
to study hypnosis. But there are a lot of hypnotists that don't don't actually work with that level of the mind as well. So it's kind of hard to find people who work with what we call the superconscious mind or the the higher mind. And so most people focus on most hypnotists focus on implanting suggestions or giving suggestions to the subconscious mind to you know to carry out changes. So so I had been looking like looking for something like that myself. And in my personal life, um, over the last few years, maybe around uh, 2019, I reached I reached a point where I felt like my emotions were like a pressure was building up inside of me. And that, that that emotions needed to be released. I, I know that sounds, you know, that sounds strange, but <laughs> you know, I'm I'm someone who actually didn't even uh, didn't even know emotions were a big deal until about 2015. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of when emotions uh, came on my radar, and I realized that they could be actually um, being held in the body and causing problems and things like that. And so. And I had no idea, you know, how to work with them, how to process them, how to release them. And, you know, I, to this day, I still, I have a few techniques, you know, that I've tried to use, but I still don't know that much about emotions. And so in 2019, I felt this uh, pressure building and a lot of stress and anxiety. And I just felt like, you know, something inside of me would probably like kind of explode or break soon. And I don't mean that in any type of violent way. It just felt like a dam was building up, like like something was building up, a pressure inside. And it it, it really made me nervous. And so I started exploring and looking for um, uh, techniques that dealt with emotions so that I could release my own, you know, trapped emotions. And, you know, I came across some, of course, things like uh, EFT, emotional freedom technique. Mm-hmm. Um they helped a little bit. And then I, I found something called the emotion code. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, that one, I actually got quite a bit of relief from, from working with uh, the emotion code, but, but it was time, it was a very time consuming process. And uh, from there, I studied something called like uh, matrix reimprinting, mm-hmm. which is using EFT on like inner parts and inner child and things like that. And again, that also gave me some relief, but um, but again, it was also it was also a slow a slow process. Mm-hmm. And uh, my anxiety built up, and um, I started having uh, more physical symptoms like shortness of breath. Mm-hmm. And I had to make a trip to the emergency room to figure out, you know, why I was having trouble breathing. And this is all still in 2019. And uh, you know, the, the, my personal, uh, my primary care doctor, he ran all types of tests on me, you know, over the rest of the year, but he was not able to find anything. And in, in, in the end, he ended up chalking it up to anxiety. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that, 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 that's part of it. The other part was uh, in my personal life, there have been a, a number of projects that I've I've attempted to start and uh, have stopped suddenly. Mm. And I felt that there was some kind of uh, inner block. You know, consciously I wanted to do this thing. I had all the resources, I had everything I needed to actually do it and carry it out. 
but then there's something else inside of me that's kind of stopping me. Okay. And, you know, and so I know, I know that that's something at the subconscious level that, you know, needs to be dealt with, but I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't really have the, the tools for working with that. And so that's, that's kind of, and so when I found the, uh, the map website and watched a couple of the videos, then, you know, it was, I, I was so happy because I knew that just from watching the videos, you know, if, if the section se sessions actually worked, um, like the video stated, then I knew it'd be tremendous, uh, you know, tremendous breakthrough. And so, you know, and so I booked the session with you. Yeah. And the, uh, the funny thing was, is that when I was filling out, uh, the questionnaire on your, I don't know if it's your intake form or just your, your the informational questionnaire on your, your site, you know, it had something listed about, uh, ACEs or, uh, adverse childhood experiences. And, you know, that was actually my first time running into that, that, uh, expression. And I thought, what's that? So I looked it up online and I took a quiz and, I thought, yeah, well, you know, maybe I have, uh, <laughs> maybe I have a few of those, but I don't really feel, you know, that I'm impacted so much by about that. But, you know, after the, the consultation with you, <laughs> the first session, then I started to realize, okay, maybe I actually had uh, a lot more going on than I suspected. So, um, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank you, you know, for sharing all that because it kind of helps to set the stage. And I didn't know about all this, but anyway, that helps to set the stage to like how you came to your first map session. Mm -hmm. What do you remember about your first map session? And, and, you know, what maybe, what did you notice about it that convinced you that maybe you should have more map sessions? you know, if that's in fact what happened. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, of course, I was a little nervous about the first session and I didn't actually know what what map could and couldn't do and could and couldn't work with. So um, so when I filled out the form, I came in with a, a list of things and I wasn't sure what, you know, I knew you worked with uh, health issues and, uh, you know, my primary reason for showing up was actually fear. And so, and so I wasn't quite sure, you know, if, if that was okay and you could work with it. So I was a little nervous, um, but you told me, yeah, it could work. And I do remember you guiding me, I think through uh, uh, a few, uh, a few of the memories I had, you know, related to that fear of, of uh, illness you know, fear of sickness. And, you know, I, <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. So I, you know, I closed my eyes, I went along with the process and um, yeah, but what I, what I do remember, yeah, there, I, there was uh, definitely uh, a lessening of the intensity of the emotions I felt after you went through the process. But what really, what really caught what caught my attention or surprised me was consciously, I didn't really feel like anything was actually happening. You know, I was relaxed and sitting there and my eyes were closed. There was a, a, a train of thought that was, was in progress. And, and uh, I was for the most part, just listening to, to what you were saying. 
but I did notice that that you know my eyes started tearing up you know and and it was almost like I was not a heavy cry but like crying you know softly from from one or or, or both eyes and you know I kept needing to wipe my eyes and and then I thought okay well maybe you know something is being released at a deeper level and I'm just not conscious of it because it's happening at a deeper level but I'm I'm having physical reactions to it so something is going on you know and so that was kind of you know kind of my thought but you know with as far as um booking more more sessions the biggest the biggest changes for me ha- always happened uh after the sessions okay between sessions and really what i noticed were there were shifts in in the way i perceived things you know it's almost like it's almost like uh you know information existed around me that i wasn't aware of or didn't have access to and you know as i as i had these sessions i became aware of this information or the information became relevant to me or there were just direct uh perceptual shifts and i just started seeing things differently like the the first couple of sessions all i could think about was trying to get rid of this you know this this chronic fear deep seated fear and um and actually having the having the talks with you actually really helped because you you know you explain some things to me about you know the fight or flight response and how your body gets locked into to certain modes and it made a lot of sense you know but in the process of the first two sessions between the first and second session the it's 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 not that the fear went away instantly but on the other side i started feeling more and more empowered <laughs> and so it got to the point where after the shortly after the second session i felt i felt so empowered that you know it was almost like the fear kind of faded into the background and became uh, a non issue i know we worked on it and we reduced the intensity but i also want to say like i felt I felt more and more empowered. I mean, I started to look at my life and and those areas where I felt where where I had fear or I felt ineffective and I could contrast those with other areas of my life where, you know, it's easy for me to make changes and I felt empowered and all of a sudden I I, I could look at those areas like like health or or you know, some other areas and I could I could say, "Okay, I haven't actually I've been playing I've been playing I don't want to say victim but I've been playing small in these areas and I haven't actually stepped up and and directed it or taken it control in these areas. I've been I've been in reactive mode from the beginning and defensive mode almost, you know, about it. And so, you know, that became very clear to me and the um the feeling of this just just the shifts in per- perception were so kind of life-changing for me that I wanted to take more and more sessions. 
even though, as, as you know, I turned up to some sessions and I didn't really know a session to be about. I think there was, there were a couple like that, but, but that's, that's what it was for me. There were shifts between the sessions where I would just go through a tremendous amount of uh, internal change that had kind of cascading effects for, for the rest of my life. And so, you know, it was almost a no brainer to, to book uh, another session. I also came in with a list of about, you know, four or five things I wanted to address with fear being at the top of the list, uh, chronic discomfort I felt in my stomach for years, um, blood pressure, problems with my blood pressure, and also allergies and food sensitivities. And, you know, that was kind of the bulk of my list. And I think, you know, with each session, with each uh, session I took with you, you know, it's almost like, yeah, there, there was improvement across, across the board. And along with my feelings of being, being uh, feelings of uh, more empowered, I, you know, I made some other changes. Like I, I somewhere around uh, January or February, I, I, uh, I decided to get some, you know, like, uh, you know, allergy testing done, like, uh, you know, food sensitivity testing with respect to like inflammation and, you know, body response to it, immune response to the food. And I took a couple of tests. Um, I took a MRT test and I took uh, some type of IgE inflammation, inflammation test. I don't remember the details. And, uh, and then you gave me, you gave me uh, a session at the, I think, end of, end of February or beginning of March. It was the sex, second session you gave me for blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And then a, a week later, I mean, I did make, you know, I did, I did make some uh, changes to my diet, but a week later, my blood pressure was normal and has been normal ever since. So, you know, I've had that problem for 14 years often enough for 14 years. And um, I've tried all sorts of things to get rid of it, you know, dietary changes and, you know, exercise. And there were times when I was able to manage it with, with, you know, a very strict diet and exercise. And, you know, after you helped me uncover some, you know, some roots related to that with, uh, with my work in the past, and we worked on that. And after that sec- second session on blood pressure, you know, I did, I, I did change my diet, but, but in, I'm eating things that, that weren't, it's not a strict diet by, by any means now. And my blood pressure is normal every day. So, and that's a huge, uh, that's a huge change. So, um, so yeah, so, so, okay. There were, you know, uh, physical changes and, um, uh, emotional, emotional changes from the sessions. But for me, the biggest benefit were kind of the mental changes. And, um, and that's probably, that, that's really why I'm, I'm going to sign up for more sessions because it's just, yeah, it's huge. Like after the last session, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much, you know, depth you want me to go into after the last session, like not only did uh, my blood pressure, you know, nor- normalize and go back to normal uh, normal ranges and stay there. But also, you know, I, I decided to like, go back and look at like, because we did some more things than just blood pressure in the last session that you were also helping with like some career, you know, career changes and stress from work and things like that. 
And after the session, like, you know, suddenly I got a motivation to kind of go back and look at my life and kind of like basically redesign my, my redesign my life from a, from a standpoint of, you know, happiness and joy. So re-engineer my life so that it's built around, built around that, which is kind of a big, a big change for me to go from survival mode to, uh, to that. So, uh, so that's huge. Um, and I'm still, I'm still going through that process at the moment. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know like where you want me to go, but yeah, I have plenty I can, I can talk about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. So maybe I'll just kind of summarize some of the points yeah. here, yeah. right? And I'll just like recap everything, you know, some of what you've said, because, um, you, you kind of, you came to the method with a lot more knowledge than most people. Um, you're a practitioner yourself in this, you know, hypnotherapy technique. And so you already had that experience of like working with the mind is a powerful way to impact, right? Uh, mental, emotional, and physical things. But you just, needed you're just looking for something different something more maybe something yeah well it's 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 also the case that I can't I can't do that type of thing on myself right and and kind of the work I've done is it's kind of you know getting getting or collecting information so you know a client comes in with uh some problems and, you know, the higher mind will basically tell us, okay, what the root cause is and uh, how it's impacted your life and, you know, some things you could do to change it. But I don't, I, I lack the skill set to actually ask it to make the changes, you know, in that way. And so I've been to uh, um, other practitioners, but personally, I myself, I'm, I'm extremely analytical. And so, you know, it, it makes me not the best, um, not the best, uh, you know, client for hypnosis. I mean, I, of course I can be hypnotized and get benefit from it, but it's been tricky to find the right combination of, of um, it's been a little challenging. So the beauty of your method is, is that I don't actually have to be in uh, trance. Mm. Yeah. And so I think you know, for, for someone who's analytical, you know, what you do is perfect because I can be there with you the whole time. I'm not a very good, uh, I'm not a very uh, visual person. I'm not good at visualizing, but I, uh, I do meditate. I do do other things, but my memory is only so-so. So, you know, there were times when we were working together and memories would just, would just pop up related to what we were working on. And with your method, you could just scoop all of those up at once <laughs> and deal with them. And it was so, so efficient, you know, so elegant. But, and I, you know, I haven't seen that in any other, any other methods. So it's, you know, it's really, it's really impressive. I'm just kind of so happy that, I, that I, that I found this. So I, but I just don't know. And you probably have a better idea about this than I do of just, all the ways that it can be applied or used. Like I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, well, 
you know, together we worked on a lot of uh, a lot of issues from my childhood and some experiences that I had as a, as an adult. But I'm sure there are other ways that it can be useful or, or practical, you know, in my life. But I'm just I just don't know enough about the technique, and I haven't I still haven't had time to dive, you know, fully as fully into it as I as I'd like to because uh, yeah, there's just too many things going on. But yeah, I. I, I, uh, that's another thing. When you, when we were going through the method, there were times when it was almost like we were, were following a thread. You know, we would work on one issue, we would go through the, uh, through the technique or process, and then a related, related ideas would pop up, memories would pop up. And, you know, we could follow those, you know, those chain of memories, but there were times when nothing popped up or my mind drew a blank. And you know you were still able to to work with me, so thank you for that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> because I know I wasn't giving you very much at that time to work on, but um, but I don't I don't you know so that's it. I don't fully understand, and and I guess I shouldn't, you know, all the ways that the map map uh, method can be applied. Um, but it's 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 got so much potential. I mean, that much I know. That much I know. So yeah. Yeah, so maybe I'll just speak to that a little bit, right? So, so just to clarify, the MAP method is a method of advanced neural retraining. Um, most people have heard of the basic methods, things like, um, oh, I don't know, EFT or EMDR or DNRS, dynamic neural retraining system, or others. But this, this is like the next generation of those methods, would you agree with you? Yeah, you know, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So this is like the next level. You know, it was developed by an experimental psychologist in Canada and then further refined by Colette Stryker, the author of the book that you read. She systemized it. She made it more applicable for everyday situations. Now she was a psychotherapist herself. And she specialized in anxiety and depression, you know, okay. those kinds of things. And she, she wanted to use it for that kind of thing. So the original creator, he spent, I think, 15 or 20 years working with a patient population that was much more extreme, um, bipolar, multiple personalities, right? Schizophrenia, very extreme kinds of personality disorders. And, and he developed it by himself. Um, so it was very particular to his way of thinking and working and his patient population. So what, you know, what Colette Stryker really did was she took his method, which was under a different name at the time, and she saw the potential in it. She repackaged it mm -hmm. and she made it teachable. So that was a big thing she did because up until then it was like we had one practitioner in the world. Now it's being taught to the MAP Coaching Institute. So now we have, you know, like, 150 practitioners in the world. I mean, it's still not that many, right? It's still a very new technique, a new method. Um, but I think you are right. It does have a lot of potential. So it started, she started out using it for anxiety and depression. And it's very good for those kinds of um, psychotherapy times, uh, kinds of application. She also applied it to um, her so she focused on a niche once she understood like you did like this has so much potential 
um, anxiety and depression is just like scratching the surface Mm -hmm. or fear or guilt or whatever your emotional, um, you know, whatever that emotion is for you, that's sort of just uh, coloring your life, right? So she saw that once people could resolve their their fear and their anxiety or their depression or, or their PTSD, that that they would turn be able to turn their attention to their dreams and desires. And so she began to use the method for performance enhancement. So she uh, started okay. to work with concert pianists, Olympic athletes, um, you know, uh, just people who are high performance individuals. And so that became her specialty with the MAP method. I don't think she has time for private practice these days, but, but that is, you know, so that's kind of the, what she did with it. And so if you look through the uh, MAP Coaching Institute website and you look at the list of practitioners around the world, um, you will find that many of them are still using it for more like the, the psychological kinds mm-hmm. of things. Others are using it for a sort of like goal attainment. Um, some have carved out very particular niches. Like I only work with children that have, you know, mm-hmm. ADD or like learning disabilities or something. But there aren't so many of us that focus on chronic health issues. I can maybe think of six people i mean so there's not it's not a big group right but because i came from the field of nutritional therapy and i had been working with people with allergies and sensitivities and i thought oh when i teach a basic neural retraining method to help people resolve those things i'm also observing that all these other kind of chronic um long-standing health issues seem to get better as well and so that taught me something about, you know, the stress response and how being someone with a lot of allergies and sensitivities by definition is means that we're the kind of person that's kind of stuck in a stress response a lot of the time. And just being stuck in that stress response takes a toll on your health over the months and years, right? And when we can resolve that stress response, when we can retrain the brain to tolerate all these substances substances again, then you can spend more time in the parasympathetic response, which is known as the rest, digest, and heal response, right? No restorative functions of the body can happen unless we are in that, the parasympathetic mode of the autonomic nervous system. And so just by freeing someone from being stuck in this fight or flight response, their health improves, you know, like over time you know, over the weeks and months after, after the training or, you know, the, do it, the, the, the method I was teaching was very much a do-it-yourself method, which required, you know, months of like repeating these scripts and doing these affirmations, right? So, I mean, over those months, you know, we would see these health changes and I thought, oh, this is, you know, you know, something important that I'm seeing here. I, I need to remember this. Then when I found the MAP method, you know, I immediately recognized that it would be helpful for both of these things, right? Not only could we work with allergies and sensitivities in a much quicker way, right? Mm-hmm. We could deprogram and reprogram the mind in a set of sessions, you know, maybe it would take four or six or something like that. But we could also quell this stress response, whether it's from allergies and sensitivities or anything else, right? Traumas from childhood traumas from any point in life and that would have an effect on health as well now 
you know, you talked a little bit about kind of the sequence that we went through. So you and I have done maybe six sessions together mm -hmm. and they're kind of spread out. Like they're, we started in November of last year and maybe the last most recent one was the end of March. So it was kind of like, you know, spread over a few months. And, you know, we started out with the kind of emotional topics like you described, like fear, mm -hmm. right? This kind of unrelenting fear and this kind of, kind of the repetitive thoughts that went with it, right? That drove That's fear. Yeah. And, and, and we, we found connections, you know, to traumatic experiences in your life. And once we resolve the painful emotions around those experiences, then somehow that took down the edge of the fear that you're experiencing in your current life, because the current fear was somehow tied to these experiences from before. All, going all the way back to your childhood. So I think we probably spent the first two sessions on mm -hmm. emotional topics. And then we kind of switched to, you know, you wanted to work on a physical symptom and you wanted to work on blood pressure, high blood pressure. And I think we spent two, at least maybe two sessions on that. There's probably one more in between there. And then, mm -hmm. and then I think our last session was more like around career and work, mm -hmm. stress and career and things like that. And, and, and so, and you've, you know, helped us understand sort of how these sessions affected you not just on a emotional level but also a mental level and a physical or physiological level mm -hmm. and so I want people to understand that kind of like that these patterns on all levels could be affected just by working with the mind you know um, subconscious programming in the mind and emotional stressors that have built up over the years in your subconscious mind like you want to talk about that a little bit like how you see that like how you know yeah definitely um there is a, a hypnotist his name was uh Stephen Stephen Parkio I think he's he's passed on by now but he wrote a book called uh answer cancer and he admitted that it wasn't the best name that best name for a book but He'd worked with a, a lot of uh, cancer patients and terminal patients, and he had been able to basically uh, heal them. And according to, to his, the technique that he used was called uh, regression to cause. And he would regress the client through hypnosis to, to an earlier time period where they felt a similar emotion, and then trace it all the way back to the root the very first time they experienced it. And usually along with that motion, the emotion came a thought like, I'm not wanted, I'm not good enough, I'm bad. You know, it usually went back to something, something that happened in childhood or even or even in the womb. And the way it works in in hypnosis, there's this idea called uh, the compounding power of suggestions. And so you start off as a small child. And you have this traumatic experience and maybe you, you know, you feel bad. And then you're adolescent and you, you take another emotional hit of a similar nature. And it kind of reinforces that initial uh, belief structure of, you know, self-dislike self or self-punishment or I'm not good enough or self-hate. And you take another hit. And with each, with each successive uh, emotional hit or traumatic experience of a similar nature, your subconscious reinforces that, that suggestion. And 
the physical symptoms get a little bit stronger. And so, whereas it may start off, you, you know, you, you, you trip a lot or you fall a lot, you're, you're clumsy and uncoordinated. And as you get, you get older and you have more of these hits, then the, you know, it manifests as a, as a small illness. And, you know, later on in life, you get a divorce and that's a big emotional blow and of a similar nature. And it reinforces that. And then, you know, it starts manifesting as a larger and larger, more serious illnesses. And so what he found was that, you know, at any level or stage of that, that expansion or growth process, even if you, even if you treat the symptoms at that level, because the subconscious mind has something set that it wants to do, it'll find another way to express the same problem. So even though you've dealt with this set of symptoms, well, okay, well, if you block me in this direction, I'm gonna show up in this way. And so you can treat the symptoms, but the problem will keep coming back because the root cause is not actually dealt with. And I don't think, I don't think, I think a lot of people these days do know that, you know, trauma, I mean, there's a lot of research that supports that trauma actually, uh, you know, causes a lot of uh, physical issues and, and uh, conditions, you know, further down the road. But, but I don't know like how, how mainstream that is yet. You know, how, how well that's been accepted into like, you know, the mainstream like um, thoughts. So what he found was that if he, in some patients, if he could get all the way back to the initial event, then the whole house of cards would fall and even the current systems would, you know, disappear or, or, or go away altogether and not come back as long as you got the root, the root cause of the root event. But even if you got close to it, like the next layer, then it would still take time for the for the conditions to come back, you know, because it would start building again. So, I mean, I don't know if that that's kind of similar, I guess, but I guess the idea is still that you, I, I don't know how many people actually know that, you know, what happens or or what beliefs or or emotional trauma or that you, that's stored at the subconscious level actually affects their I think they, most people don't know to what degree the subconscious mind actually affects, you know, their life circumstances, their health, their health condition, their life circumstances. I think there's more, there's, there's research that was out a few years ago that said that like uh, the, the subconscious mind was making a decision like seven seconds before the conscious mind was even aware that, that it had made the decisions before it decided it had made the decision. So it was almost like the illusion that the conscious mind is actually making the decision. It was so heavily influenced, you know, beforehand by the subconscious mind. And so, you know, I think in our lives and, and I mean, our health is probably no different because our eating patterns, our habits, our, our uh, ways of expressing, you know, expressing ourselves or holding in emotions or, or releasing emotions or growing angry. Those are all like habits or, or, you know, it's conditioning, right? Like you get triggered and then you, you respond in this way, you know? So I don't, I mean, it's definitely been eye-opening for me just how much uh, control over my life the, um, you know, my subconscious has had. And, and it's not that I'm a victim. I'm a victim of my, my subconscious mind. I mean, I don't mean to, to say that, but I mean, these days I just have a lot more awareness about how that kind of, how my health and my life are being impacted from that level, you know, that level of mind. So I've gained a lot more respect um, <laughs> about, you know, 
what's in my subconscious mind and about what goes into it. And, you know, through working with you also like how to clean up some of that. I think that definitely um, probably a lot of what people have trouble with, not just health issues in life is probably traceable back to something that's, you know, sitting in their subconscious that they don't even, they're not even uh, aware of. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. I see it every day, every day. Oh, wow. (laughs) Like literally today, three times. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about, you know, you found the MAP Coaching Institute. You watched these videos. They got you excited about what the method could maybe do if the videos could be believed. Now that you've had six sessions, like how, when you look back at that, I mean, do you feel like the method lived up to what you expected or were hoping for? Yeah, it definitely uh, exceeded my expectations. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's why I'm excited about it. I mean, I've recommended it already to uh, a couple of people I know, like a friend that's had, um, you know, again, childhood trauma, but, but related to the family. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm still excited about it. And like I said, I'm planning on taking, uh, taking more sessions. I just, you know, finding that was a little bit difficult. I found it backwards. I mean, I don't know how how many people would find it, you know, mm-hmm. other than word of mouth. It's a bit difficult to to find. Yeah. And I think there's another uh, a similar technique called maps or something like that. And so, um, I think yeah, I just think that so much can be done with it, and it's 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 wonderful. And but I but again, you know, someone has to have an an open enough mind to to try it. You know, and I don't know like what your experience has been with um, with clients or when you talk to people about about what you do, like how how open they are or receptive they are to it. But um, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> That's all I can say. It's amazing. But you know, how do you how do you get people to you know to try it? Uh, yeah, I agree. Hopefully it's through stories like this, right? And so when you recommend the MAP method to people, mm-hmm. what kinds of situations or like what, what, what kinds of um, characteristics about the issues, you know, make you think, oh, the MAP method would be good for that? Well, you know, since I've worked with you, definitely it's easy for me to recommend it for anyone, you know, um, that has allergies or uh, food sensitivities, you know. And I know I know some people like that. Um, did you see improvement in that in those areas? Yes, yes, I, I did also. Yeah, there are things I I had trouble uh, eating before, and they're better now. And uh, you know, they cause less issue. I probably still need to uh, book a session with you and show you you know some results I had from earlier. But I don't even know if those results are applicable now. Yeah. And you and I didn't even do a session for allergies and sensitivities. No, no. <laughs> yeah. But but it's it's hay fever season. I've had hay fever since I was seven, and you know, there's almost nothing now. I mean, now I I, I do notice that that I cough a bit after I have uh, um, after I have some wheat. But other than that, yeah, there's almost nothing now. And and again, like friends that I know have had like. Um, kind of severe trauma. Mm. You know, like I know I have a couple of friends who are already 
in therapy, but they're, they're in more of the traditional therapy. And, you know, traditional therapy is not usually working at the, at the uh, subconscious level, which is, which is why it takes so much longer. And, you know, those are people I definitely uh, recommend uh, map, map toward because it's, you know, we, we, we're operating at two levels, right? Consciously, everything is okay and everything is fine. And, you know, subconsciously, we're terrified of cats. <laughs> you know, two different, two completely different models of the world. But, you know, the subconscious is a lot stronger. And so you're still terrified, even though it's a kitten. And what about, uh, do you have any advice for anyone who's curious, but sort of on the fence? Anything oh, definitely. you wish yeah. you had known before you came to your first session? <laughs> <laughs> um, if they're... If they're on, this, on the fence, I would say they have nothing to lose by going ahead and booking the, uh, you know, the 15-minute consultation with you. Mm. And I would say just, you know, you, you actually had like a, um, an introductory like uh, session on your site that wasn't the full session, but I think 60 minutes. Yeah. And, but just, you know, to, to, to go ahead and step in at whatever level they're comfortable with and just get, you know, keep an open mind and give it a try because you know, there are some amazing things out there that people are just not aware of because, you know, like you said, what are there, 150 practitioners? So you're not really going to hear about this pretty much other than through word of mouth or someone who's gotten results. So um, if you're lucky enough to have heard about this method, then, you know, I recommend 100% you, you give it a try because you'll save yourself a lot of time, you know, a lot of time and, uh, probably money as well too. So uh, yeah, I recommend that people just, you know, have an open mind and give it a try because how are you going to know without giving it a try? You know, so, um, but I mean, there is no, there is no real, real cure for a closed mind. You know, something just has to have, people have to just give it a try. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I should probably point out here that, you know, just, the, just doing the introductory session might not mm -hmm. give you enough data to really know what, um, what yeah, that's, is possible. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's true. I mean, after, after I took the introductory session, I, I decided to go ahead and book three sessions, you know, to give it, to give it a proper try. But I, I, but I did walk away from the first session with enough of an idea that, that I did want to, I did want to do more. So I mean, I would rather somebody try one of those sessions than not, not give it a try at all, mm. you know? So, because it's just, it's just something you don't want to miss because it's a, it's a, it's a tool or, or a resource that people can come back to in their lives if they're stuck or challenged. And, you know, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just so effective, you know, and time-saving. So um, it's just, it would just be a shame for someone to not, not even have exposure to it. What would you say about like what it was like to be a client and sort of what was expected of you, you know? It was pretty easy. I mean, I would show up for a session. We'd discuss, um, what I wanted to work on, what was my priority for that day. And, um, you would ask me some questions and collect some information around that area of focus. And 
And then we would decide, you know, what, what we were working on for today and attack it from that way. And I would close my eyes and you would, you would lead me through the process. And <clears throat> mentally, uh, new or, or related ideas, sometimes random thoughts would, or seemingly random thoughts would, would pop into my mind while we were going through the process. And then once you were, were done the process and did a, did a check-in with me, then you know, I would relay you know, what I was experiencing to you. And I would also let you know about some of the other ideas that popped, you know, popped into my head or things that occurred to me or realizations or changes in perspectives I had also. And, um, and then you give some feedback or, or some ideas about that. And then maybe we would, we would work on, we would follow up again with, uh, another, another round related to the, the new things that popped up or, or we would go in a different direction if you found that, if you thought that that might be more, more fruitful. So it was pretty easy for my side. I mean, I just needed to sit there <laughs> and talk to you about, you know, the changes that had happened or, or what I was feeling or what I wanted to work on. So it's pretty easy. Um, I think, you know, now that I'm, now that, now that I'm, I have more time, I would go back and, and look at some of the homework you gave me, um, about a time, like, a, I think one was like a timeline of, uh, events or, or traumatic events, something like that, that's valuable, you know? I think you worked on a lot of issues with that, even things that I didn't even consider to be trauma, but <laughs> you you let me know that they were actually, you know, things that could, that from a child perspective could be considered, you know, traumatic. So anyway, um, but it was, yeah, it was easy. I mean, yeah, I love the sessions. I, I, I always leave the sessions feeling much better, much better than I did when I, when I started the session. And, uh, excited about the changes that are going to pop up in the next few days or weeks after the session. That's really what I was looking forward to. Not, not the immediate, you know, what I would get immediately from the session, but I just knew after the first couple of sessions that, you know, there was this cascade effect where more and more, you know, things would, would change and, you know, open up for me or, you know, ideas. And so it was all positive and empowering. And so, you know, I just wanted to take uh, more and more sessions, but you didn't recommend that. You know, you kind of checked in with me and you, you, you found, you know, okay, well, you suggested, you know, a month later mm-hmm. might be good, you know, or. Um, and yeah, you know, um, so this overachiever kind of <laughs> pattern that I see some of my clients are like, Oh my gosh, this was so great. Can I come twice a week? You know? <laughs> it's like, Oh no, 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 this is not like talk therapy where you, you know, you come every week or you, or twice a week. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's not really like that. Um, and there actually is a benefit in having an interval between sessions, as you said, to integrate like, the changes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like the, some things are changed, some rewiring happens in the session, but the full effects of the session do take some time to, to be felt. And even on a physiological level, right? Like if, you know, if we can, you can imagine if you can down tick the stress response, you know, like one or two levels, well, the physiological benefit of that may not be recognized for a few weeks. So at the end of each session, I would ask your subconscious mind, you know, is there a recommended interval? for the next session. And then I would just tell you what 
I got, you know, sometimes it would be a week, sometimes it would be two weeks or four weeks, um, or, or sometimes there was no particular recommendation. It was just like, well, whenever the next topic comes up for you that you want to work on, that's when you should schedule a session, right? There's no particular time frame. So yeah, that's, that's, well, that's kind of how I, how I work. Um, and I, I think uh, for people who are willing to trust the process, I mean, that, you know, it's, it's, that's one way to work. Other people like just they, their schedule is such that they just want to know, okay, I'm going to see her every two weeks. And, you know, and that's, and that's fine too. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's whatever you want it to be, but there's no, there's no advantage. I don't think in like mm -hmm. scheduling a lot of sessions close to, together. Um, it just kind of takes the time it takes. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I definitely felt that I needed, I needed some time to process the, uh, the changes. And like I said, a lot of the shifts happened for me, um, within, within days, days after the session or, uh, shortly thereafter, you know, and, and they continue. And so it was very easy for me to connect, uh, the changes I was experiencing, you know, uh, physically and emotionally and mentally with the sessions, because that was pretty much the only thing I was doing differently, oh. you know, and it opened up, you know, it opened up, uh, you know, a lot of new avenues and, and because it's easy to say that, you know, okay, well, my, my blood pressure is normal now because I changed my diet, but huh, I've been changing my diet for 14 years. I've tried lots and lots of things. And it was only after that last session with you that, you know, the week following week that that was it. It was just normal. And it's pretty much stayed normal, you know, since then. And I log it every day. And so, um, you know, I'm just wondering, like, you know, I, at some point I'm going to have to go back to my doctor with my with my list of data, <laughs> blood pressure data to him and show him, look, you know, this is this is what it is now. So. Um, but, but I just want to say that, yeah, those, those changes do, it do take time, but not that long. Like in, in my case, it was days, days, or, you know, days, basically like within weeks. And, um, in the case of the last two sets, two, the, the, the last, not the last two, I think, I think, uh, the last session was more in Korea, but the, the, uh, the two previous ones were on blood pressure and. I still felt shifts even after the first one, even though there weren't there weren't changes in uh, my blood pressure at that that stage. But I did I did feel shifts anyway. But the second session after the second session, um, yeah, the next week and it just stayed. So I'm you know I'm very grateful for that. Um, but I mean, it could be easy for someone to come along and say, well, oh, you changed your diet and got strict about it. But I'm not. I did change my diet, but it's you know, I'm eating things that I couldn't eat before. You know, I, I, for the most part, I do still leave out a couple of, uh, a couple of things like corn and wheat, but everything else is there. I'm still eating other grains and there are no issues anymore. I can still have sugar now and my blood pressure is normal. So it's really, it's really weird. And that wasn't the case in the past. So, you know, definitely changes have taken place and, you know, yeah, it's easy to write it off because, this type of work is not, is not really tangible, right? It's not, it's not visible. And so, you know, the doctor can give you medicine, you know, but the medicine doesn't really fix the problem. It just, you know, manages the symptom, but 
you're working with something here that's not, it's not really uh, like quantifiable by people, you know, they're not used to it. And so I think it's easy to discount it or say, oh, I did it. Like, you know, the woman that comes to me, I want to lose weight. I haven't been able to lose weight for five years. You know, I had your session and six months later, all the weight is gone, but I made the changes, you know, I changed my diet and I exercise, but that session played some role in that. It cleared some blockage that allowed you to make the changes, you know, so I think people just need to uh, keep that in mind, like, and they should know because there are a lot of people that have the willpower or the desire to do something, but they're still not able to make those changes. And that's because there's, there's more likely than not, there's something at a, at a deeper level that's, you know, blocking them or holding them back or protecting them. You know, a lot of it is protection. So, um, and you may not feel like that, but, you know, consciously, but the subconscious mind, you know, weight may be protection for you. So, and until those blockages and things are, are cleared and dealt with, and like I said, your session, your your map, map session is one of the most efficient ways I've seen of dealing with that type of thing. So, so I am rambling. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, yeah, no, it's perfect. That's, I think that's the point I just wanted to bring out. Yeah, um, yeah. so any, um, you know, any, any thoughts, anything you wanted to cover that we haven't talked about yet? Only that what was surprising for me was um, when you explained about the immune system. Mm. And, you know, again, um, fight or flight response or things like that. It's just the whole idea that your your whole nervous system could be on alert and um, you know overreacting to to everything because it's been on high alert for so long was was really kind of eye opening for me. So you know if there are people out there that suffer from uh, chronic conditions or or even um, you know immune related immune related problems, then this is definitely autoimmune problems, this is definitely something that that's worth looking into. Definitely. So, you know, that that's pretty much, you know, yeah. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So let me just connect a couple of dots there. So like we we talked about before, how certain beliefs about yourself, you know, you talked about the the root causes there that um that can underlie a, a condition like cancer. Mm -hmm. can also underlie well any chronic health condition right what people have to understand is that the subconscious mind runs all the systems of the body and always has when you were in perfect health it was thanks to your subconscious mind right mm. monitoring everything calibrating and carefully you know um, managing all systems right you never had to think about it that's right Suddenly, though, health declines and you start thinking, oh, you know, well, the approach from medicine is something's broken here. You know, something's broken. Your thyroid, not working. You know, your whatever uh, immune system, uh, what, you know, whatever. There's something, something's not working anymore. But there's never an explanation of like, well, why isn't it not working? Is it not working? It was working last month. How come it's not working this month? Or it was working right. last year. Why not this year? Right. Like, has something, you know, what has changed? And I think that um, we don't often, we, we don't think about the role of the subconscious mind in this. And as you said, the subconscious mind is like a storehouse of beliefs. 
these beliefs get reinforced by different things that happen in our lives. And as certain belief may start to take precedence, it can contribute to the function of different systems of the body. And so what I see is a lot of people who have allergies and sensitivities, they have, there's a belief uh, of def being defenseless, helpless, powerless, insignificant, unheard, um, small somehow, you know? Uh, and, 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 and this, this plays out in the body as a, a limbic system, the danger sensing system of the, of the brain, you know, alarming all the time inappropriately, right? It's looking for danger everywhere because it feels threatened. It feels under threat all the time. And this comes from experiences earlier in life where there was some kind of threatening situation that you lived through. Mm. Um, but it somehow this has kind of influenced your subconscious mind into thinking, the world is a very dangerous place, right? And so now you're reacting to pollen, you're reacting to mold, you're reacting to the foods you're eating. I mean, dust, right? Um, Everything is seen as a threat, yeah. Benign things like food, you know? Suddenly, you know, your limbic system is like acting out and it's saying danger, danger, danger all the time. And since the brain is the boss of the immune system, it is calling for that immune response over and over and over again to the point where the immune system is exhausted, right? And it is attacking things inappropriately, like your own cells, right? It is, it is uh, ignoring things it should be dealing with, like, you know, um, viruses, bacteria, fungi, whatever. It, it just, it's just ignoring it, cancer cells, right? It's just ignoring it because it's like, I, you know, I, I can't, you know, all this, I'm constantly attacking all these other things that are happening nonstop, the chemical sensitivities, the food sensitivities, the environmental irritants. And so this leads to a pattern of dysregulated immune function, which can lead to all kinds of chronic illnesses, um, even beyond this allergies and sensitivities. And so again, by working with the brain, by working with the beliefs, the trauma experiences, you know, all these different entry points that we have that we use with the MAP method, we can start to turn this around. Yeah. And it's a little bit like what you experienced. I mean, you know, you didn't have a big chronic diagnosis, but you know, you know, who's to say, you know, if five years from now, with small things have turned into big things, you know, uh, you, know yeah, you know, it happens. It happens. Yeah. Well, anyway, Derek, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with me today, sharing your experiences with the map. <laughs> no, I, others. no, I really appreciate it. Thank you for, you know, thank you for having me here. Yeah. Yeah. And giving me a chance to, uh, you know, share some of the benefits that I've gotten from, uh, from map. And yeah, yeah, I definitely will be back. So yeah, thank you so much. You are welcome. Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. Please listen again and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. To learn more about the MAP Coaching Institute, visit mapcoachinginstitute.com. To learn more about Mind Remap for Health, visit mindremapforhealth.com. 
Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast, copyright 2021 by Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy. Music by Barbara Benn.